Hi everyone, I'm Teresa Norris, your host for Spark the Talk, where we have sex positive and inclusive discussions about sex, relationships, its prevention of sexually transmitted infections, and much, much more. On today's episode of Spark the Talk, I'm joined by Jackie Drope to talk about the current HPV pandemic. And yes, uh, we do call this a pandemic when we have over 75% of the population who will contract one form or another of HPV in their lifetime, this is considered pandemic. And you know what this boils down to is, is that three out of four people will have had one form or another of this virus in their lifetime. So hello, welcome Jackie. Oh, thanks Teresa. Great to be here. <laughs> I think it's great to it's great to have you. I think we should just take a couple of seconds just to kind of set up the stage for our audience about the a couple of facts about HPV, so we understand why we're calling it a pandemic and what the virus is. So, to start with, people come into contact with this virus through any skin-to-skin -skin sexual contact below the waistline, and that's with our fingers, our mouths or any other body parts. And that means that we don't even have to have penetration, just that skin to skin contact, below the waist, above the knees, front to back, that makes us sexually active. And it also puts us at risk of coming into contact with the virus. And while condoms, they do provide a good protection against sexually transmitted infections and unwanted pregnancies, unfortunately, they do not fully protect people from this virus because there's still skin to skin contact. A condom only covers the length of a penis or shields the outside of a vagina. And there's other body parts that are touching. So when we're asking ourselves, how come over 75% of people have it? Well, here's the reason why. In fact, HPV is even more contagious than HIV. So more and more, we need to be talking about HPV as a pandemic and something that we need to be talking about a lot more. So, you know, Jackie, one of the things I wanted to address with you is applying those lessons we've learned from the current COVID-19 pandemic and how we can apply that to the prevention in HPV around the world. So first to introduce you properly, um, Jackie Drope is a global public health expert who works with a range of partners around the world to implement impactful public health policies and programs. Currently, she is consulting for the World Health Organization as a specialist advisor. Jackie is particularly passionate about any opportunities to prevent illness and premature death and making sure people all over the world live healthy, productive lives. In her former role as Managing Director of Global Cancer Prevention at the American Cancer Society, this commitment to prevention and health promotion is what made HPV vaccination for cancer prevention, one of the main issues her team sought to tackle globally. So welcome, Jackie. Thanks, Teresa. Well, I guess my first, you know, interest with you, because uh, I'd love to just be having a full on discussion about, um, you know, your background. But first and foremost, what motivated you to become a member of HPV Global Action as a global health um, advocate? Yeah, great. Thanks, Teresa. When when I first started working on cancer prevention, I quickly wanted to like shout from the rooftops, hey, everybody, you know, there's several cancer no one ever has to get if they get the HPV vaccine. And it's always frustrated me that cancer slogans focus on the cure. Um, when we have an intervention like the HPV vaccine, 
that's going to make sure people never get certain cancers in the first place. So I feel very fortunate I found your group because when I moved back to Canada, I, I was really keen to stay involved in HPV vaccination work. And I was particularly concerned about how COVID-19 was impacting HPV vaccination uptake with both school closures and less opportunity to see doctors in person. Um, I was actually pointed in your direction by a contact at the Red Cross who told me about your work. And I must say, I was really intrigued and interested to hear your organization was thinking outside the box in approaching new organizations with wide reach to help raise HPV vaccination coverage. And I wanted to learn a lot more. Once we connected and talked, I knew this was a group I wanted to join to help end HPV-related cancers in Canada and around the world. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you were pointed our direction because I think, you know, your global um, background has really given you a different flavor to your opinions and what you can contribute to the discussions that we are having because more and more we're seeing that there's this crossover of, you know, a pandemic issue. So we've got now COVID-19 and then you've got our group that's starting to talk about this HPV pandemic. And that's not something we're hearing in a lot of environments. And the reason why um, I say that we have a pandemic around HPV is because when we talk about the definition of what a pandemic entails, HPV checks off all those check marks. It's highly contagious. Um, we do have a form of prevention that comes in the form of a vaccination. But because like I explained at the beginning about how we come into contact with it with any skin to skin contact, it makes it very infectious to a large uh, population of people around the globe. And I think more and more people that if they were to be made aware that this is something that impacts and affects so many people, they would might be a little bit more apt to take on the solution, which is through prevention, um, through the use of the HPV vaccination. And like um, the COVID vaccination, uh, it is free. So we know that you know the COVID vaccination is one that you have to turn towards public health programs. And same thing applies to HPV. We need to be turning towards health, public health programs. And here in Canada, um, I can, for one, say, you know, we're really lucky that we do have uh, safe, effective vaccines that have been used for over a decade now and that are being offered to school-aged children at schools. And one of the goals of today's discussion is really to be, you know, imploring on parents and caregivers the importance of seeking out um, the solution so that, you know, we can be using this cancer prevention tool because when we talk about HPV, we know that not only do we come into contact with it very easily, it's causing genital warts and a list of nine cancers. So I think that when we have a cancer prevention tool that's protecting us against nine different cancers, we should be promoting it as much as possible and realizing that this pandemic around HPV could also be um, completely curtailed and avoided through the use of prevention. And that comes in the form of a vaccination. So, you know, Jackie, I'm curious about your opinion about what lessons do you think we've learned to date from this COVID-19 pandemic when we're thinking about solutions around promoting HPV vaccination? You know, it's, it's interesting, actually, when I was thinking about this question about whether HPV is a pandemic, I, I think 
you know, two years ago, um, if we were asked this question, a lot, many of us wouldn't even understand what a pandemic was. You're right, like HPV is a virus and it's incredibly common infection. And I don't think people understand that uh, in the global sphere, we used to say 80% of people. So maybe it's 75% in Canada, but we say 80% of people are, who are sexually active are going to get an HPV infection in their lifetime, right? That's a lot of people across the world. So I, I think making that parallel with COVID-19 makes sense for everybody now that you can see how quickly something moves across the world. doesn't matter where we are, this, this HPV virus is so rampant, right? Exactly. And, and we know there's nine cancers and there's genital warts and, and nobody wants any of these things, whether it's rapidly progressing across the world as COVID is, or if it's um, by definition, a more stable disease. To me, I don't care. I want to, to prevent this from happening, right? Um, so I think that there's quite a few different parallels with COVID-19. And I think the very first one for me, that's the most important to me and dear to my heart, is the important role of that prevention plays here. Uh, I think we all understand now that for COVID-19, if you wear a mask, if you practice social distancing, um, if you think you're sick, you isolate, but most importantly, that you get vaccinated. And that's been the game changer, right? We all know the vaccination piece is the game changer. Right. So um, when I first started working on programs in low and middle income countries uh, that aimed to get girls marked, uh, vaccinated against HPV, uh, we were focused on cervical cancer because um, that's uh, what is killing most uh, women in low and middle income countries. In fact, over 80% of, of cervical cancer deaths are in low and middle income countries. So at this point, um, uh, the barrier in these countries for um, vaccine was, uh, and, 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 you'll, and I'll get to the similarities with COVID-19, was that there was these safety concerns. There was this right. notion that vaccines were for babies and how is this gonna affect an older child and particularly right. girl and childbearing age, you know, it, it, the list went on. And these worries were real, even though we knew, we knew there were lots of other vaccines for um, adolescents and, and adults. But, and, and it was really interesting in the last two years to see this play out with COVID-19. I have had people close to me say, oh, I think I'll wait and see if it's safe, right? And, and meanwhile, the world has vaccinated more people than we could ever hope for in a trial. Um, there's not much more proof we could get that, that we have a vaccine that's safe and effective um, and that it works. And this is the exact same thing with the HPV vaccine. It's been widely used around the world now um, since 2006, I believe. Exactly. It's 15 yep. years old, we know it works and we know it's safe, right? Right. You know, you make a good point because I think that's the key to when we talk about vaccine hesitancy, it's addressing people's concerns and addressing people's worries and really addressing those questions and acknowledging that it's a, it, it's, it's very acceptable and normal to have questions, mm -hmm. but we have the answers to address those worries and address those concerns. So these concerns should dissipate with proper answers. 
so that people feel confident that they have the information so that they can make an educated decision. And I think that's the piece that, you know, when people are, it's, you know, it's like when you buy a car, you're going to want to know, oh, how are the brake systems? And, you know, do you have airbags? And, and, you know, is this up to speed? And I think it, it doesn't, it need to pierce problems into the credibility of the car. Like we don't need to be piercing the credibility and the efficacy and how effective and safe vaccines are. But I think we should spend more time really addressing a little bit more about what the concerns are. And I think with the COVID-19 vaccination, we've tried to, to really, you know, public health has really tried to address those concerns. And I think that's why there's been so much success in um, uptake of vaccinations and, you know, you're, you're making a good case for how we could be doing the same thing with HPV vaccination, talking about it, addressing these concerns and really promoting this idea that um, we do have a cancer prevention tool. It is safe. It is effective. Uh, The downside is, well, if you don't get the vaccine, you are at a high risk of um, getting one of these HPV-related cancers or genital warts. I think that's the difference here is, is that people are like, where are the pros and cons to HPV vaccination? Well, uh, with the level of research we have that we've been collecting for the past uh, 16 years, I think now we're at a place where we can be promoting that it is safe and effective and that there is very little um, negative things that we could be saying about vaccination aside from what happens if you don't actually end up getting the vaccine, I think is what the point is. Um, but how do you think we should be applying these lessons to the prevention of HPV globally and in Canada? Well, it, you know, again, I think there's a few more lessons that we have to learn. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's absolutely absolutely a lot, but you know, again, another one that I really thought about is the the shortages of HPV vaccine, particularly for low and middle income countries. Um, And as I say, most of the people dying of cervical cancer, not even talking about the other eight cancers are are people living in low and middle income countries. Um, So this is a devastating health inequity. and we're really fortunate in Canada that we have the option of a gender neutral vaccination and that boys also have this opportunity um, not to get HPV related cancers like penile or orofungeal cancers. Um, COVID-19 has shown us how quickly um, vaccine science and manufacturing can be ramped up when there's political will. And that was to me the most stunning thing because while, while we were working, we were talking to to people about how can we get more vaccine and you know the the I would have loved to have seen a gender neutral program all over the world right um, but that was just not in a, in the conversation yet we were just trying to get ramped up only for girls and again we live in the country where we're really fortunate that we can offer it to both uh, it, to all gender groups so it um, I, I'm really hoping, you know, right now there's a lot of talk about building back better after COVID. And I think these new plans need to prioritize prevention vaccines like the HPV vaccine. Um, COVID-19 has without a doubt been devastating, but in reality, far more people are dying each year of chronic diseases like cancer, right? And yet we have a vaccine for some of these cancers. 
Um, and what we've learned in this pandemic is that people most at risk of getting more severe COVID-19 and dying of it are also people with chronic underlying conditions like cancer or risk factors such as tobacco or obesity. So if we can prevent these risk factors, uh, when we do get another pandemic, and yes, the, they're going to be more, um, we'll have a healthier population that will be able to withstand these, these challenges a pandemic will bring, right? So again, I. I think that there's so many parallels here with COVID-19. We have much to learn. And, you know, to, to add to your point, I think that, you know, we're having a conversation about the only kind of cancer that you can catch. You, we can't catch breast cancer. We can't catch, you know, on all the list of other cancers that exist, HPV cancers are the only cancers that we can catch, but it's also you know, great to say that we can prevent these cancers that we can catch. So we're in a unique situation right now um, to really be, uh, you know, aware that they are as contagious as they are. Anybody can catch these cancers. And also anybody can, especially in Canada, should be taking advantage of how privileged we are to be able to use this cancer prevention tool and to realize that, you know, like you're mentioning in a lot of parts of the world, they don't even have access to these vaccines yet. And, you know, um, the population of Canada, we don't really have control over how vaccine companies are going to, you know, share vaccines to different countries. But when we're offered this opportunity, we get a permission slip in our kids' school bags, um, we should be consenting to our children having this cancer prevention tool because we are we're so privileged that we don't even realize that this is happening. It's it's coming to our front doors. We have a free opportunity to prevent cancer, and in some countries, this is not even um, near a possibility that children will be able to benefit from using this cancer prevention tool. And like you mentioned parts of the world where cervical cancer, the prevalence of cervical cancer is so incredibly high where, you know, these countries would benefit greatly from vaccines and, and for HPV prevention. And unfortunately, um, because of their, their access to these vaccinations, that's not even an option. So we should really be understanding how privileged we really are here in Canada to have free access to a prevention tool, to something that you can catch as easily almost as you can come into contact and catch COVID. And I think that's where the similarity about the HPV being a pandemic and being a pandemic issue really does have an overlapping with this concept of COVID-19 also being a pandemic. And absolutely. And I think the, the thing about HPV infection is that there's often no symptoms, so people don't know they're infected. And that's familiar now, right? We know that there's people that have coronavirus and can carry and trans transmit this virus without knowing it. There's, there are certain types of HPV that are high risk and those are the ones that can lead to cancer. The, the fortunate thing is that the vast majority of people, um, in the vast majority of people, their body's immune systems will fight off HPV in infections, but with some people it's going to, that infection is going to persist. And I think what people don't understand is that we don't know who in who it will persist, right? And right. there's no in treatment for that infection, even if we did know. So this is what makes the HPV vaccine so ideal because it's protecting us from all these unknowns, right? 
Exactly. And I think, you know, some of the key takeaways from our discussion today really are is that vaccine programs, um, you know, especially school-based HPV vaccination programs, uh, unfortunately have been compromised because of uh, COVID and, you know, those programs have been put on ice because of in-school um, interruptions that have happened across Canada. And um, it's incumbent upon the general public to not miss out because there are other parts of the world that don't have that opportunity. So families and parents and caregivers should really be seeking out that information about how they can access uh, HPV vaccination during COVID on our website, www.hpvglobalaction.org. People can go and see, depending on where they live in Canada, they can click on their province to see how that works, where they can have access and getting COVID-19 updates as well. I think that's probably one of the main takeaways. And secondly, um, this link between protecting ourselves from COVID-19, uh, we also need to be adopting that same mindset against HPV. We have a tool to protect ourselves from COVID. We also have a tool to protect ourselves from HPV. And as you mentioned, Jackie, we don't know which strain of HPV we can come into contact with. And unfortunately, you know, even if we are proactive and get sexually transmitted infection testing, um, it's not in that test. And if you are a person with a penis, there is no test to detect HPV. There's only, you know, you'll see that you have genital warts at one point somewhere over your genitalia area, or you could be sat down by um, a clinician and told you have a stage one, two, three, four of uh, a cancer. So it's really important to be seeking out um, that, that tool. And I think we should always be reminding ourselves that protection through prevention is key. You know, I think, you know, that's for me, what I would like our audiences to take away. Would you have any last uh, takeaway points that you would like to highlight, Jackie, that you'd like our audience to hear? I do. Um, I just want to say, if I could implore listeners to do one thing, is to think about what you or your family have missed in the terms of your health and well-being during the lockdowns and make a plan to make sure it happens. It's absolutely important to protect yourself from COVID-19, but we also have to remember to protect ourselves and our families from HPV and ensure that no one gets sick or dies of a preventable cancer. Thank you so much, Jackie. Um, your you. words uh, will resonate with our audience, I'm sure. You know, with uh, school-based HPV vaccination programs coming back around this fall in mid-October, mid-November, um, that's a great opportunity for um, our audience to be really listening in and being like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity to consent to my child that's in ranging from anywhere from grade four all the way up to grade nine to you know, consent to my child participating in this cancer prevention opportunity through HPV vaccination, and then seek out vaccination opportunities for themselves as well. And I would just like to remind those that are listening to us that if you want to learn more about HPV, you can go to hpvglobalaction.org. Our website provides uh, details about the free HPV vaccination programs available for each province and territory in Canada. And you'll also find updates for school-based HPV vaccination programs throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, in addition to our educational informational downloadable for free in 12 languages. 
So thank you again. And remember that knowledge is power. And I hope this empowers you to spark the talk with people around you. Hear you next time.